Hey Church, Pastor Eric here, and I'm just so glad that you're joining us on our podcast today. I just pray that this message will stir up your faith, build you up, and just move you closer to the Father's heart. If you want to learn more about us as a church or would like to get further connected, you can visit us at our website at oasischurchchicago.com, download our app, Oasis Church Chicago, and also join us on YouTube for our live streams on Sundays and Wednesdays. We hope you find this message to be encouraging and life-giving. Now here's today's message from Pastor JP. Welcome those that this might be your first time here at Oasis. You might be visiting from out of town or you're part, uh, you live here in the city. We just want to say welcome. Um, we'd love to pray with you, connect with you. Any way we can come alongside you, uh, let us know. Uh, we want to do that for you. But if you've been a part of Oasis um, over the last couple of weeks or months, uh, God is doing something in this house, um, something new in this house. And so every year over the course of our time of being a church over the last um, four years, God has called us to fast for 21 days um, in the beginning of February. Um, and so we've been doing that over the last two weeks. We've been fasting um, over these last two weeks. And we're in the last week of this fast, 21 days. How you guys doing? You doing all right? You hanging in there? You guys doing all right? <laughs> and what I've come to find out is in the last week of fasting, in my, in my life at least, I just need to get to Sunday. I need to get to the next Sunday and be done. Like the last week, I'm just kind of trying to make it to get there. And I want to just declare, as I did the nine o'clock, I want to just declare over us that this week, this final few days of this fast, that these would be the most powerful, the most impactful, the most uh, uh, draw, uh, drawing near to the Father than any other days that we've had in this fast. I want to just declare that. I want to encourage you, keep going. Don't quit. Don't stop. Don't, don't, give, don't give up. Just keep going. God is moving. God is speaking. We've heard so many testimonies and, and little reports of praises or and some big reports, but the best report... Um, that I could share today is that um, a, a brother texted me and, and just said, I've, I've fasted. This is the first time I've ever fasted. And he said this simply, and this is just, a, a, just an awesome work of God's kingdom. He said, I have never felt the love of God the way that I felt the love of God as I fasted. Come on, how many of you just know it is so good when people just experience the love of God, it literally changes everything. It literally changes everything. And so I'm just grateful to hear what God is doing and what he's going to continue to do over this week. Um, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open them up to Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58. We're going to read this in a moment. So um, over these last two weeks, we, we have focused during this time of fasting of the upward work of God in our lives, fixing our eyes upon God, turning our attention and affection to the Father, making sure that we are not turning our attention to other things, but keeping it focused. So the upward work of God in our lives. And then last Sunday, we talked about the inward work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, giving us deeper identity, deeper worship towards Him, deeper trust in Him. Come on, how many of you were moved this week in that way. Like, I know for me, the Lord just continued to speak more identity in my heart as I was coming before him, as I was seeking him, and he was just sharing more of his heart for me. And I'm just so grateful that God continues to form and shape us. Anybody thankful that God continues, his spirit continues to form and shape us today, that he doesn't leave you like you were even yesterday. He wants to continue to call you to grace to grace, from glory to glory. Amen? And so we talked about that inward focus of the Holy Spirit. And this week, we want to talk about what it means then to carry what, or when our eyes have been turned up and what the Holy Spirit has done is that we would carry this thing out outwardly. That this week of this time of fasting, that we are going to get a clearer picture of God's heart for us as we fast and pray, what it should cause us to do. 
And so Isaiah chapter 58, this is a, a powerful um, heart-piercing passage of Scripture. I have been in ministry for some time. I have preached on pra- fasting and praying. I have done it not only in this house, but other places. And I have never found myself to be in Isaiah 58 when it comes to fasting. Part of it is because, um, to be honest, <laughs> it's a really hard thing to hear. And as we were preparing and as, as we were prepping over the last um, couple weeks and months, um, the Holy Spirit just really laid it on us that we want to be people that are upward focused, allowing the work of the Spirit to be inward working in us, but we would also be people, God's church, the bride of Christ, that we would put our work out, that we would go out and we would transform this place around us. Isaiah 58, the prophet Isaiah is speaking to the people of God, and he says this in verse 1. Shout it aloud, God tells Isaiah. Make this word, this is the paraphrase version, okay? He says, make this word clear and shout it as loud as you can, Isaiah. Do not hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. For day after day, they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways. Catch that? They seem eager day after day. They seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways. As if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near to them. Why have we fasted, the people say, and you have not seen it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? Yet on the day, Isaiah is speaking now the words of God, yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Hello? You read these words. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. If this is the kind of fasting I have chosen, is this the kind of fast I have chosen? Only a day for people to humble themselves? Another translation would say to appear to have humility, just to fast to show we are humble people. Is it not only for bowing one's head like a reed and for lying in sackcloth and ashes? Is that what you call a fast? a day acceptable to the Lord. Is not this the kind of fasting I have chosen to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke? Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, you clothe them and not to turn away from your own flesh and blood. Then your light will break forth like the dawn and your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you will call and I, the Lord, will answer. You will cry for help and he will say, here I am. Then he will say, if you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing 
finger in malicious talk. And if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. It's powerful. Powerful. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Heavy, heavy, strong, heart-piercing words this morning. Jesus, right now, in these few short moments that we have together, I pray by your Spirit's power that you would just work in us. That things in us that do not bring you glory and honor, that you would just heal and deliver us from, that you would reveal it and we would lay it at your feet, that you, Holy Spirit, would show us a deeper revelation of the Father's heart. As we continue in this time of fasting and praying and seeking after you, God, would we be the people that you have called us to be? So I pray a blessing and anointing over each person in this place. We ask this in Jesus' name, and everybody says, and everybody says, amen, amen, amen. I put a title to this message as we are in the final week of fasting and praying entitled this, Contending for the City. Contending for the City. I went to the internet, I Googled define contend, and this is what it gave me. To strive or vie in contest or rivalry or against difficulties. To strive in contest or rivalry or against difficulties. To basically contend against the things that are coming against you. As we fast and as we've experienced the inward and the upward work of the Holy Spirit that first has to happen in us now more than ever, we want to take this time, we want to take this week, and we want to go and we want to contend for this city. This is a call for us. If you call this place home, this is massive for us. If you've been with us over this last uh, couple months, beginning in January, we gutted our house. We said to, 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 to God spoke to us over quarantine and said, there's a lot of things in your house that you did really well, but there's some things that I got to realign. I got to get you in a, a better direction of going after me, being the bride that I've called you to be. And we said yes to it as hard as it was. And he gave us new vision and mission, but he also gave us new pillars and, and core values that we stand on and God's word, God's presence, God's family, and the last, God's city. We believe that God has called this house from the beginning of the time that God called it and spoke it, that we were called to be a church that cared about this city and any city that God calls us to go and plant in the future. Hello? That God said to us, to Rach and I, and to the people that were with us, he broke our hearts for Chicago. I remember driving into the city um, before we even got here. This was about a year and a half before we even um, had the vision of what we were doing. I drove into the city, and I parked, believe it or not, not too far away from where we all live. And my buddy lived there at the time, and I parked the car. I was just going to get out of the car and go have dinner and enjoy a time in the city. At the time, I was living in the boonies in the middle of nowhere, and it was good and refreshing to get to Chicago. I parked the car, and I, before I opened up the door, I just started weeping. I started weeping. 
And if you know me, my, 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 my heart posture to weep has become more and more. I was not one that wept, <laughs> barely ever. <laughs> and I just began to weep, and God began to just show me the brokenness, the pain, the hurt, all that Chicago has. And the beginning when Rachel and I sat, we said, we want to be a church that does what God has called us to do, and that is to contend and be the light of heaven to this city. So church, this is our calling. If you're visiting with us, if you don't attend here, you can take this to your city, to your context, and this still matters. But if you call this place home as we fast and as we pray in these final few days, we are going to put our attention and our focus towards contending and going up against the difficulties that have stood against this city. Whether you've been in Chicago for 10 days, a year, 10 years, whether you're a lifelong Chicagoan, we all know that Chicago has some things, some stuff, some heavy issues, some heavy things that are plaguing and trying to destroy the city. Come on, how many of you know that to be true? That there are forces of darkness and wickedness that are rising up against this city. And for so many years, this city has been labeled so many things. But I believe it's our call to stand guard against those things. I was doing some looking at how the city's going right now, and I don't share these things to exploit the city or exploit anybody. I share these to get us maybe out of burying our heads in the sand and saying, man, there is stuff here in this city that God has called us to be the solution to. Hello, church. Um, no one else is coming. You are here. God has placed you here for such a time as this, to be the light, to be the one that will walk into this city, to walk into your schools, to walk into your businesses, to walk among the streets and be the light of Jesus Christ to every single person and to see people come to freedom. I don't know about you, but somehow, some way, we, we have allowed for the church to be less than, and we've looked to organizations, and we've looked to man, and we've looked to structures of the kingdoms of this world to say, be the answer, be the solution, because it's too big, and we've run, and I'm here to declare today in this house, in this 11 o'clock service, after having 14 coffees, it feels like, to say to us, church, we are called here now more than ever. You. As a believer of Jesus Christ, if you live in this city, it is your responsibility to be a part of this. Okay, so, so things that are happening in our city. 51 homicides in the month of January. Highest rate it's been in four years. We are called to bring life to this city, to declare it, to pray for it, to press in for it. In 2020, every year the city goes and they, they, they count as many people as they count in a one-day count of living on the streets. For those that are in homeless um, areas, in, two, in 2020, 6,000 people were estimated to be living on the streets. The solution? The church. The gospel of Jesus. Homes in Chicago. Roughly 115,000 elderly people, population living alone. COVID has caused unemployment rates to jump from 3.5 to 12% in our city. We all know this stuff. 4,400 children in foster care today in Chicago. 4,400 children. 
that, have, that are living under the, the control of the, the, the care of the state and do not have a home. 4,400. Businesses closing. Education structure crumbling. All these things are happening in and among us, and the call today is this. Will you stand guard in prayer and in fasting and in serving the city that God has called you to do? Or will you run and will you disappear and will you stand on the sidelines because it's too big? It's too large. It's too much. Through the power and the gospel of Jesus Christ, I believe this now more than ever. Guys, I'm, I'm fired up about this. I believe this. This is not just verbiage. This is who we're called to be. We are not called to have some, uh, some arm of our church that is outreach focused, right? I, well, what's your outreach focus? You. You want me to say that again? Where, where can I serve in my city? You can serve in your city right now. Hello? <laughs> you can stand guard on your city. Well, I just need to like, I need, to, I need an email. Can I get an email of the person that runs the outreach? Yeah, it's oasischurchchicago.com. Like, I don't know. That was funnier in my head than anybody in this room right now. This is not just like a, a thing to make us look good and feel good and get all the photos. Look, guys, I served on a Saturday. Look, look how awesome this is. I love Jesus. We should be doing it Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and every day that God has called you to stand guard in this city and say, I'm done seeing people lose their lives. I'm done seeing the homeless not being cared for. I'm done seeing people lose, lose their lives to bondage, to greed, to racism, to hate, to the structures of this world. I'm done and I'm calling us as a church to stand guard. This is a heavy call. This is a heavy task. Some of you think right now, Pastor, this is unrealistic. This is lofty. This is, this is, you're just speaking very big things. Well, let me declare this. Whether me and Rach, if we serve in this church for however long, if we see it, or our son sees it, or our daughter sees it, or any, uh, the generation see it, I believe that if one, two, 200, 300 people can start to take this to heart and start going, we are called to serve this city with the love of Jesus Christ. We may not see the bubble blow up, but we might just start to see little glimpses of hope, little glimpses of light, little glimpses of Jesus breaking into this city and doing things that we never thought possible let alone what the world thinks possible. Can I say this? There are people praying for Chicago all over the globe. Literally, like, I, I, they call me, they're like, we're praying for your city. I'm like, what? Like, like, what? They're like, that city is on the brink of a revival. Heaven is going to just be poured out and there's gonna be such a release of the kingdom of God upon that city. Church, we need to be ready. Oh, I'm preaching this morning. It's a call for us to contend. It's a call for us to say, Holy Spirit, you know, we sang that song. Who sings it? Hillsong, break my heart for what breaks yours. Everything I am. You know, we've said that line thousands of times and we walk out of church services. We walk out of moments like that and our heart's not broken because we're not getting alone with God day in and day out. And we're saying, break my heart for this stuff. Break my heart, Holy Spirit. What the, what's so cool about the church today, right? New Testament church is that the Holy Spirit's poured out on us and, and pouring out in the Holy, uh, the Holy Spirit in Acts 2. God shows us that he uses simple, 
ordinary people to bring his kingdom, his rule and reign of, of justice and of peace and, and deliverance. He uses his kingdom to break forth into the city by using it through ordinary, simple people that have a heart of the Father. Guys, it's not just the call for a pastor. It's not just a call for you Bible students. It's a call for anybody that has said yes to Jesus. We see it in Scripture, New Testament. He says, I'm going to use simple, ordinary people to bring the kingdom of God to this earth. Come on, how many of you know the disciples? They were just a bunch of young morons. Like, they didn't have a clue what was going on. You don't think so? We think, we read the Bible, and they're like, wow, they were just some really strong men. Those brothers were dumb. <laughs> like, like, read the Bible. I'm like, yo, you. <laughs> and guess what? I'm the same way. <laughs> Guys, he's just looking for available people today. That's it. Just available people that say, enough's enough. I'm done worrying about myself. I'm done worrying about all the things that I need. I'm done worrying about all the things that I don't have. I'm done worrying about all this stuff. I'm worried about seeing the kingdom of God come to this city, come to this place, and seeing people that are bound, just completely gripped, set free, and will be spending eternity with me in heaven, rejoicing our Father together, and not spending a moment in eternal separation from Him. This is the call. This is the call. And so Isaiah, right, the scripture for today. Isaiah is a, pro, a prophet, and he speaks words, uh, strong words, all throughout his book. A God-fearing man, a man that was used by God as an instrument to declare to the people of Israel the heart of God. And some of you say, well, this is, this is 2,500 years ago. Well, can I just say this? God is still the same yesterday, today, and forever. We're not necessarily the people of Israel when it comes to being in that context, but God is still declaring this today. And Isaiah writes some words early on. He, he shares and declares to the people of Israel, the, the people of Yahweh, hey, because of your disobedience, because of you serving other gods, because of you giving your attention to other ways, not following the ways that I have, not keeping the covenant that I called you to keep, because of that, you're gonna go into exile. Your disobedience is gonna call you to go to exile. And Isaiah then writes in the middle of the book of Isaiah how then there's a promise to come, the promise of Jesus, the promise of the Messiah that will come and that will rule and reign and that will bring the kingdom of God to this earth. And then Isaiah in the end goes into the last couple chapters in Isaiah, he goes into showing how this now, this new kingdom, the way of Jesus, the Messiah, how he's calling the people of Israel to now live, the real way of living, not the religious nonsense not the religious actions that looked good on the outside, but the hearts were corrupted. He's saying to them, those ways, those things caused you to go into slavery, caused you to go into bondage, caused you to go into exile. And now more than ever, this is how I've called you to live. And Isaiah speaks these words, those words that pierced my heart this week. That messed with me. That made me assess my own life going, man, do I just wear the religious clothes? Or do I actually walk and serve with the hands and feet of Jesus? And Isaiah calls the people to the original calling that he had for them. To be a community of people that called for righteousness, justice, truth, 
peace and to care for those around them. See, the people of Israel lost that. The people of God began to lose that, and it spiraled them into sin and chaos. Can I tell you something? If Satan can keep your eyes on you, he's winning. That's a good word, Pastor. Thank you for that nugget. It's free. You don't even have to do a second offering this morning in Jesus' name. That was a joke. I don't really care. Like, I, Some people are like, what? If Satan can keep your eyes on you, he's winning. He's winning. Because guess what? When we get saved, when we get set free, our eyes are us taken off of how much we've done wrong or what we've failed in or how we can't make it. And our eyes should be, by the power of the Holy Spirit, turned to him. And in turning to him, we're turned to everyone around us. Oh, that's good word, pastor. If Satan can keep your eyes on you, he's winning. And Isaiah speaks to the people of God and says, in essence, that exact, like, hey, you guys have turned and you've looked at your own selfish ways, your own game. And he speaks three things in this prophetic moment that we need to catch today. As we go into this time, he, he, he confronts them. He, he goes to the people of God and he confronts them with their posture of praying and fasting and, and serving and giving and all that stuff. He says, you guys have missed it. You've missed it. And this is what the call is from God today, that being the people of God, the way you've done it, it's done. This is the way to do it. This is how we're going forward. This is what you are called to do today. And so he first starts by declaring to the people that the ways of old fasting was out of selfish gain instead of contending and caring for the people around him. We need to learn from them. We need to learn from this today that as we fast this week, we are not gonna be people that fast for selfish gain, but we are going to contend for others. These people fasted for selfish gain. If you're being honest, if I'm being honest, I have fasted in my life for selfish gain, okay? I have gone into a moment of prayer and fasting because I need God to show up. I need God to do something. I tore my ACL after about uh, almost a year of ankle surgery. I tore my ACL, and as I was going home, as I was on my way to the emergency room to go, which I knew I tore my ACL, but, but the people around me were standing in faith saying it wasn't, and I was going, God, if you can just heal my ACL right now, I will give you everything that I have, partly because I didn't want to go to Rachel and tell her that I was having another surgery in a year and a half of our, our of having, anyways, I'm just having a counseling moment. Is this okay? Like, I was like, Lord, I'll fast, I'll pray, I'll do whatever. Can you just heal this ACL right now, please? We've, I've done it for other things. Like, ah, God, I need you to break through. So I'm going to, God, I need direction. God, I, I need, the, I need the, the, the resourcing. And guys, it's, it's, it's the heart's posture of all this stuff. The people of Israel, they fasted just strictly out of selfish game. And it's evident. And Isaiah critiques it and confronts it. In verse 1, I think, team, if we can have it, verse 1 through 4. It says this, shout it out loud, do not hold back, raise your voice like a trumpet, declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. For day after day, they seek me out. You know, you can be super religious and still miss the heart of God. It says day after day, they kept showing up. Day after day, Sunday after Sunday, O group after O group, prayer meeting after prayer meeting. They kept showing up. They seem eager to know my ways. 
They got their notebooks out. They're taking notes. They're writing notes down in their phones. They're, they're learning and growing. They're trying to do it all. They're, they're getting the additional resourcing. They're getting the commentaries. They're opening up the commentaries. They're dissecting the word. They're doing it all. Hello? As if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commandments of God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near to them. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not heard it, seen it, sorry? Why have we humbled ourselves and you have not noticed? And this is the response from God through Isaiah. Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife. Let it just be known that he's speaking to me this week with that as I'm become more and more hangry and taking it out on Rachel. It's not good in Jesus' name. Another counseling moment. I'm sorry, guys. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. The people of God, the community of faith, were spending their energy in prayer, fasting, and seeking God, demanding him to respond to them. A self-consumed spirituality inconsistent with God's heart for righteousness, justice, and peace. Do you want me to say that again? Because this is a word for us today. A self-consuming spirituality. A self-consuming, it's all about me, just me and Jesus, me and God. That's all. A self-consuming spirituality that that forewent the heart of God for righteousness, justice, and peace. I'm not telling you to not have intimacy with the Father. I'm not telling you to get along with the Father. What the Word is telling us is that for, so, for too long, we have been so self-focused. Isaiah connects something important here. He connects something to the identity of the people of God that he's connecting today. You know what it is? There was a direct connection between our love for God and our love for people. You can't have one without the other. Okay, This is Old Testament, Pastor. I just like the New Testament. Okay, New Testament. We're here. New Testament. You like the New Testament? Jesus. What does Jesus say? The greatest commandments, the Father's greatest commandments. What does he say? He says, love God with all your heart, soul, mind. Love him, love him, love him. Love him. And then love your neighbor. Oh, I think the word stays true every time. The greatest commandment of Jesus' words is, yo, love God and love your neighbor. You can't love God and not love your neighbor. You can't love your neighbor and not love God. It doesn't work that way in the kingdom of God. Hello? And he's saying to the people of Israel, he's saying, you guys have tried to love God without loving those around you. It's a massive connection that shows how the spiritual people were hurting others while trying to maintain a spiritual perception. And claim of being God's, I'm God's kid. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. Well, do you love the person that doesn't look like you? Doesn't have what you have? Isn't as far along on the journey as you are? Do you love them just as much? The neighbor that walks upstairs and blasts their music upstairs and has caused all sorts of chaos and problems? Do you love that neighbor as much as you love God? Because if not, there's an issue. And so Isaiah speaks to two issues that are happening in the, in the people and declares a consequence of the issues. First, the issue is this, that the people of Israel sought their own pleasure. They fasted to seek their own gain of pleasure. 
They, they fasted for their own gain, to bring about their own prosperity and success. It was, in essence, this kind of fasting that the people of Israel said, hey, hey, we'll fast, we'll give up food, we'll be more spiritual if you give me the promotion. Hey, pastor, I'll do the 21-day fast with you, but I better get something out of it in the end. What if all you got during this time of fasting was just God's presence? Would it be enough? See, what they wanted was gain, more, more. And Isaiah says, that's not how this thing works. That's not what's going on. We, we do not fast for the furtherance of our own prosperity, for the furtherance of our own gain. As people who had been released from slavery, from bondage, from, from the land of Egypt, they, they are showing exactly where their heart is at, and their heart is to get more. To get more for themselves. The second issue that Isaiah goes right at, is this okay this morning? You guys doing all right? The second issue that Isaiah shows in this first half is he says, they oppress others as they seek their own gain. They oppressed others as they sought their own gain. They were consumed with self and they denied everyone around them. Here, 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 let me say it this way. Some of you are like, I'm not a people person. I don't like people. I like going home. I like getting in my apartment. I don't know why I'm doing this. I like just, I like being, I like just being me. I have, my, I have my crew. I have my people. I have my people. Like no one's coming in my crew, my people. These are my people and I'm safe. This is my safe environment. This is my safe zone. I'm safe. Believe it or not, guys, I'm actually an introvert. Like, I, 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 I'm, I fall prey to this sometimes. Rachel has been saying this to me, and it's actually become true. Like, I, I love this, but after this, I go and sit in a padded room. Just me. Quote, not fun. <laughs> but if Satan, like I said, can get you to focus on your own stuff, just those Instead of saying, I'm not only about my crew, but I'm about every single person that I pass by on these streets. I'm about every person that sits next to me on the CTA. I'm about every person. I'm about the person that I have to ride share with, with the Uber that I was hoping that I wouldn't have to ride share with anybody because I was really hoping I didn't have to talk to anybody because it's 7.30 in the morning without coffee. I was really hoping. No, no, no. We fast and pray because... We want to see people come to the kingdom of God. And the people of Israel fasted and prayed out of seeking own gain and out of oppressing others around them. This is why in the church, there's no hierarchy. In the kingdom of God, there's no hierarchy. There's no better than or less than. Hear me, guys. For too long, the church has, people have puffed their chest out. Well, I'm more holier. I know the scriptures. I know what, I don't sin that way. When you say that statement, you're sinning. No. <laughs> we look down on people. Now listen, hear me. There's a call in the house of God to call out, to call up, to call forward in grace, but never a call to say, I'm greater than this group of people. I'm better than this person because I'm this way. There is no hierarchy in the kingdom of God. And in this moment, the people of Israel created a hierarchy structure. We are more spiritual than anybody else. We know more than anybody else. We're the people of God, but you don't have God's heart. And he says, listen, wake up. This matters. This is crucial because the consequence of this stuff, of your pride and selfish ambition, you know what the consequence was? Isaiah declares it. 
In JP's paraphrase, ver- paraphrase version, God ain't hearing you. <laughs> oh my. God's not hearing your prayers. Does that, end, does that make anybody just kind of go, he says, because the way you fast and selfish gain and desire, looking spiritual, because guys, this, this can happen when we call to fast and pray in these moments. You can do it because, oh, pastor said so. I'm Mr. and Mrs. Spiritual. We're awesome. I don't know why I'm walking that way. Like, I have it all together. I'm going to get something out of this. This is going to be awesome. Instead of going, no, no, no. I'm not only fasting for my eyes to go to the Father for the work of the Spirit inside me, but I'm fasting to see people transformed. You want to know what will break the bond of violence in the city? Fasting and praying. You want to know what it is? It's a spirit. And guess what Jesus says? Only some things can be healed by prayer and fasting. Hey, why couldn't we get this spirit out of this person? The disciples came. Because you need to pray and fast. Hello? So we don't fast for selfish gain or desires. We fast to contend for those around us. The second thing that Isaiah expresses to the people of Israel is that through God-honoring fasting, they were called to contend for creation. And when I use the word creations, I mean us, human beings. They were called to true fasting. Isaiah 58 is redefining what fasting is, what prayer is, what contending is. And he's saying, now is a call for you to pray and to fast for those around you. He declares that fasting should move us to care for others. Young and old, rich and poor, saved and unsaved, addicted and those who are set free, those that are bound and those that are dancing. God has called us to be people that our hearts break to call us to contend for every person around us, church. Isaiah says a real fast is not just knowing God, but also a response in compassion to the poor, to the broken, and establishing a kingdom and a reign of justice and peace. When was the last time I wrote these lines? I'll say them from my context, because I wrote this in the sense of like me writing this. When was the last time, JP, you wept on the floor for someone bound in a drug addiction? And didn't just tell him, go get help. You got that family member that's bound by an addiction and you keep telling him to go get help? Get on your face, please. When was the last time, JP, you cried out in prayer for those bound in sex slavery and sex trafficking? Not just here in our states, but abroad. You know what humbled me when I heard over quarantine? I was on a prayer call with pastors all over the globe and it was shared that... um, there was a, uh, there's a massive underground movement church in China, if you guys don't know that. They're massive. Like, this stuff that we're talking about, they would look at us and go, yeah, this is absolutely common. This, this whole stuff that I'm talking about right now messes with our westernized church culture. Because it's all about us. And in the churches abroad, it's all about everybody else. Anyways, tangent over. Um, the, 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 the prophet is the woman that is running this church of a couple hundred thousand people, it's estimated that. Bless her. Um, she got on a call, and she said, they said, what's going on with you? What are you guys doing? What are you, what are you praying for? She says, oh, we're praying for the American church. I said, what? They're getting persecuted there, literally imprisoned, beaten, 
And she said, we're praying for the American church, that they would get set on fire with the Holy Spirit, that the, bow, that the chains of injustice would break off. People that are in it are praying for people. They have such a burden to contend for everyone. When was the last time, JP, you took your money and handed it over to someone who was in deep need? Well, I needed that $17 latte. With my oat milk. And not oat milk, at least I'll go coconut. It'll be fine. Shots fired. When was the last time you walked past that coffee shop? Not to get noticed, not to get recognized. Because actually Jesus says, don't show it. Don't, don't, don't declare from the rooftops. That's what the religious people do. When was the last time you gave your money to the poor, to those in need? JP, when was the last time you just spoke and sat with someone on the streets? You know who's awesome at this? It's not to praise her, but Rachel. <laughs> we, will be walk we were walking on a date one night. We don't get dates very often just because of our context and situations and life and all that. Like, we just want, I want to soak up as much time as I can with her. We were walking, and we were down on um, Lower Wacker trying to go down to the walkway on the river. And there was a man sitting there. And I, being not as close and near to the father in that moment, I'm like, come on, babe, we're going to dinner. And she stopped, and I was like, babe, no, babe, no, no, no. Rachel went. She just sat down. She's like, what's your name? And I'm like crying, repenting, like, oh my gosh, I'm the worst. What's your name? Can I say something to us that should break our hearts? That people that are on the streets, they have names. And they were once children being held by their mothers or by someone. She says, what's your name? When was the last time, JP, you sat and just cried over those in the community that, that don't have what we have? When's the last time you helped a single mother? When's the last time you helped a high school kid that was, was just wandering and abandoned by his family? When was the last time you contended for people in the way that I've called you to contend for? The worship team can come on up. That's why fasting is a call for us to reorder our minds and hearts into the love into love for the world in ways that we usually neglect. Fasting should call our hearts to break. We receive the perspective of a loving father who weeps over the brokenness of his created world. When we fast and when we pray and we do it with the right heart's posture, we get the father's heart. And you know what the father's heart's doing right now? He's weeping over this city. He's weeping. And this is a call for us to not only have a perspective change, but to participate in this thing. Church, we have the solution. We have the power. Lean into this for a second. No one else is coming, like I said. We are here. We have the power of the Holy Spirit inside of us that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, that can set a person free in a matter of seconds by declaring, by loving, by caring. We are the solution. And we pray and we fast and then we go outwardly and we bring this, this, this hope and this peace. Isaiah says, is this not kind of fasting I've chosen? For you, catch these words. I've called you to fast to loose the chains of injustice. 
You want to know why fasting is, why we're, let me say it this way. You know why we're seeing more and more things, darkness happening? Because the church has stopped fasting. It's for this structure to figure out or this thing to figure out. The government will deal with it. No, 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 no. This is the church's responsibility to, to, to untie the cords of the yoke. This is a good word. To set the oppressed free and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry and to provide the poor wanderer with shelter? You know what should be common? Opening up my guest bedroom for someone on the streets. Do I do it? Is the Lord breaking me in it? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Provide shelter for the wanderer? Pastor, do you know these people out here? Yeah, the Holy Spirit gives you wisdom and discernment, but I'm telling you guys, as you fast and as you pray, he might call you to invite a guy like Harry that I know that I interact with. Say, Harry, come sleep in my guest bedroom. I'll give you a shower. I'll take care of you for the night, and we'll make sure that you're taking... This is radical. This is Bible. This is so crazy. This is Acts 2. <laughs> We're called to be a community that when you see the naked, you clothe them and you don't turn them away out of your own fleshly desires. He sets this up right after exposing Israel for their unrighteous motives for fasting and he brings out a stark distinction between what false fasting is and what real fasting should do and be about. It should be about seeing the oppressed free. It should be seeing about, it should be about seeing those in captivity. I wrote some of these things down. What, what, this, what this should cause us, this should cause us to break and our hearts should move into compassion, into action and should see uh, the, the, bounds of, the bounds of wickedness broken off of people around us. We should see the untying of the working yoke. We should see the oppressed go free. We should see the hungry being fed. We should see the homes of our, uh, our hearts, our homes being open to the poor. We should see those that are orphaned and left out fighting for them, contending with them, showing up for them. We should see uh, and be burdened and moved for the crying out of the foster children of this city. 4,400 children don't have homes. We should say this and go, we can come up with a Holy Spirit and a solution in mind and see this happen. We can cry out in this fast and see those losing their lives to hatred and to violence. And we can contend as a body. We can see those that are bound in prison, a true prisoner, one that is actually in prison. We can contend for even those individuals that I wanted to say this church, God cares just as much about them as he cares about you. We can actually fast and pray to see people that are in prison systems come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. I should get a resounding, Jesus should get a resounding yes to that. Oh, you don't believe that prisoners, men and women, are cared for by the Father? Oh man, I think God's heart's breaking over those people in prison right now. I'm watching these videos recently of these guys down in the South, they're going into prison systems. They're doing these services. And I'm saying hundreds Hundreds of men and women are lifting their hands up in tears, saying yes to Jesus. And can I tell you something? Jesus is forgiving them and washing them clean and setting them free. And we are called to contend for that. Hello? Called to contend, guys. This is hard. This isn't easy. We're called to contend. Finally, as we close today, is this all right? You guys okay? 
It's a massive week for us, but not just a week. This is a massive call for us, a call for you. That Isaiah moves into this final expression over the people that true fasting will call people to bring reconciliation. That they were called to contend for reconciliation. Isaiah points out that their fasting should cause should be a cause for being, being people that reconcile those in the darkness into the light. How many of you want to see your family members get to heaven with you? If, you? if you don't raise your hand, I'm judging you right now. How many of you want to see your family members get to heaven? This is just an act of faith right now. I want that, Lord. I want that, Lord. How many of you want to see your brothers and sisters that are wayward right now, your actual brothers or sisters, get into heaven with you and spend eternity with the Father? How many of you want to see your cousins and your coworkers and your neighbors all see... This is, what, this is what Isaiah, to see the light shine forth to the brokenhearted in the dark. If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with the pointing finger and the malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves in behalf of the hungry and satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Our fasting brings us to a knowledge of the deep brokenness in us and our community, and it should lead us to act and to live justly, to repent of our sins and to satisfy the needs of the orphans and the widows. It should call us to be people that go out and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. But notice something. This is crucial today, this morning. Notice that Isaiah just doesn't start going about everybody out there. Where does he start? It struck me. To, woo. If you do away with the yoke of oppression with the pointing finger and the malicious talk. Who's he talking to? The people of Israel. Who's he talking to today? The church. What's Isaiah saying? We're not only called to bring those that are far from God back home into the light, but we're called to be people that reconcile with one another. Your malicious talk, your slander, your gossip, your tearing down, your destructive noise, go reconcile it right now. Go reconcile it. Go make it right. Because that's what we're called. I, I, I'm convinced that this is a call for our house to rip this thing out of our house, to be people that will speak words of life, to be people that will speak words of, of healing and of deliverance and not slander and not gossip. He says to them, yo, you want to see people reconciled out there? It starts here. For far too long, we've been so focused about what's going on out there that we've lost what's happening in here and what needs to happen in here first. Hello? That's why the church has become powerless in some regards. I'm not saying God's kingdom is, is standing. Hear me, his church will forever go and forever be strong. But we here in this country are not seeing the power of the Holy Spirit manifest out into the city, out into our streets, because we've got some junk in here that's got to get healed. He says, before you reconcile out there, reconcile here right now. Stop pointing the finger. Stop malicious talking. Oh, and when you're done dealing with that stuff, then go out and spend your behalf on those that are hungry those that are poor. The inward work, someone might ask, well, what's more important, inward, upward, outward? I would venture to say they all matter. Sure, yeah, you, you can't go out if this isn't happening in, and you won't be able to, to continue out if, if you're not happening, if this stuff's not happening in here. But when this is happening in here, you can go out to those around you and actually walk in power. Do you know what the kingdom of God is? Not of talk. You know what it is? Of power. Scripture says, enough of your talk. 
enough of your garbage, enough of the stuff of saying, well, at next week, Next week, I'll give the jacket to the man. Next week, I'll give the, the money to the poor. Next week, when I, when I have more money, that's when I'll give. No, 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 no. If you don't start today, you won't start then. And God is saying, we are called to reconcile. Those that were in darkness, call them out into the light. And as we fast and as we pray, we're gonna do this this week. We're gonna contend for our city. As you go into your O groups, and if you're not in a no group, we have the guides up online. You can do this at home with your roommate, with your spouse, with whoever. But my challenge to you that this week, all the money that you would have spent on your food as you're fasting, collect it as a group and give it. As a group together in your O groups, instead of coming together and talking about what's, oh, did you hear about the latest thing on E! News? Why E! News? Is E! News even a thing still? Is that like, is that a mag, is that a thing? Anyway. Millennials, they don't know. That's like a gossip. What's the gossip talk? Celebrity gossip. Have you heard about what's happening? Have you heard? Have you heard? Have you heard? Instead of just wasting our breath, why don't we contend for the city in prayer and fall on our face together as a unit, as a body, as a group, and as a group then going out and serving and loving and caring. You know what I love about Isaiah? I'll finish with this. Jesus shows up to the scene because we all love Jesus as we should. You know what Isaiah, you know what Jesus references in Luke 4? Isaiah 61, which is very much the same fragrance and spirit of Isaiah 58. And Jesus declares the kingdom of God, his father's kingdom, what his purpose is, but then he also sends his disciples and those that follow him to do the same. He says, I, I've come to set the oppressed free, to bind the brokenhearted, to deliver those that are far, to loosen the chains. Because right now, this is the year of the Lord's favor. The kingdom is here. The kingdom that can actually do this stuff is here. And go now, my people. Go now, my disciples. And continue to carry it out. Continue to do that. Continue to see this through. This is the call for this house. If you want to be about self, today's the day to allow the Holy Spirit to break that. If you've been fasting and wearing the religious clothes just to be good and make sure you fit in, it's time to take them off today. Not literally keep your clothes on, please. But the Holy Spirit in this room right now, there's, there's, some, there's some people in here that you know it. You've been in it. You've seen it all. And he wants to revive your spirit. He wants to strengthen you. He wants to call you to greater depths of love and a greater calling and purpose to go out and influence those around you. So right now, for just a second, just bow your heads and close your eyes. Just ask him right now this simple question. Holy Spirit, show me. Where there's been selfish gain and justice in my heart, more care for self than those around me. And as he reveals that stuff to you, then just say, Holy Spirit, heal me. Holy Spirit, rip it out of me. Holy Spirit, truly give me a heart that breaks for the things around me. Just take a moment right now.